following aviation podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 83, NBAA 2014 Conference, coming up next on the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Zyko, Sean Moody, Eric Crump, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Welcome to a special episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. We're here reporting from the National Business Aviation Association 2014 event. And this has been one exciting event. We're on day two right now. And actually uh, joining me for this episode is Eric Crump. Um, unfortunately, uh, Sean Moody and uh, Rick Felty, Victoria Nouvel can't make it here today. I'm... Uh, here with with Eric, getting ready to see a really incredible presentation. Eric, what are you, what's your impression so far of the event? You know, it's actually really awesome. This is my first NBAA. Um, I've always wanted to go, never can find the opportunity to slip off and get away. So this one, um, I'm really excited about because it's the first time I've ever been. And so when I walked in the door, the first the first instance this morning, I was immediately just blown away by how enormous the show is. Um, the the people that are here, the companies that are here, um, it's just, uh, it's amazing. It's a real eye opener. Um, anyway, and so being from business aviation, anyway, it's just fun to go back to your roots, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's just it's it's awesome. I'm loving it. You know, a lot of people are wondering uh, why we've focused so much on business aviation uh, in the past couple of episodes. But in reality, general aviation is business aviation. We all graduate to, say, flying bigger jets or airliners when we're actually in this for a career. But, you know, the people that are here, they're passionate about general aviation. I can't tell you how many folks that I spoke with that are actually GA pilots, have a small plane at home, or still renting aircraft. Some really cool stuff going on. Uh, we've got the folks from Sea Ray. We have the folks that are also from Whip Air, uh, Float Planes, Brooksville Airport, and, and many other different people. Uh, even some folks from uh, the Jet Pubs, so we interviewed them. So you're going to hear some of those interviews in this episode plus some great audio. Uh, we're here today, and uh, Eric, do you want to introduce what we're about to, to watch here today? So uh, many people are familiar with James Carville, um, one of the most, um, I guess, well-quoted <laughs> or well-known uh, political correspondents. Um, and many people may or may not be aware that his wife is actually a staunch Republican. He's a staunch Democrat. Uh, kind of like the uh, conversations that go on in my house too, but very polar couple, and um, and so they're here to share their views on the upcoming midterm elections as well as uh, the future of aviation in the United States. Well, Eric and I are going to be wandering around the uh, convention today, and there's so much to see. We're going to get some really good interviews, uh, folks that are interested in GA business aviation. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed is the incredible passion amongst the people that are here. And you're going to see that and hear that uh, with these interviews. Uh, so we're going to go get started on some of these interviews, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, we're going to have the picks of the week on the next episode. Uh, Eric, did you want to say anything before we, we start running around bothering people? We miss you all. Wish you all were here. <laughs> we'll, we'll take pictures and talk to people for you. 
Great. Yeah, and I actually have some uh, pictures on my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page. I'll try to get some of those out there on the, the Stuck Mike Avcast. So here are the interviews and uh, also some of the audio from the, some of the amazing speeches that are being given. Now entering cruise flight. Folks, this is Carl Valeri reporting from NBAA 2014, and I'm at one of my... Uh, favorite booths. It's actually WSI. They have a wonderful product for aviation, aviation weather, and SIGMETs. I use this product almost on a daily basis, and uh, I tell you, it saved my butt a few times, especially flying around volcanoes in South America. But we're talking a little bit about general aviation today, not so much the airlines uh, and not so much the business aviation side. And and Mark Miller has been, uh, he's here with WSI and is willing to talk to us a little bit about what products you have for the GA side of things and, and certain price points? Oh, great. Well, thank you. Yes, as you mentioned, we do WSI. Okay. WSI is a leader in uh, professional aviation, commercial aviation, and we're really excited to bring a lot of those capabilities to the general aviation pilot. You know, I think the biggest thing is, and if you look at our tag today, it's get serious about weather. Weather is uh, obviously a big factor in aviation and certainly in general aviation. And we've got a really great offering for a private pilot. So we're pretty excited about it. So, so what can you do for me, the person flying a Cessna? What, what type of products do you have? Yeah, so I think what we, uh, what we have for you really is two, two pieces. One is a great tool for planning. Mm-hmm. So figuring out, you know, can I, can I fly today in my comfort zone as a private pilot? Mm-hmm. Secondly, I think we have a great convective package for North America. So when you look at what we offer in terms of our high-resolution radar, some other products that we have around hail prediction, lightning prediction, um, st- storm severity predi- prediction, we can give you a really good sense of you know, whether there's going to be any hazards out there um, you know, either now or going forward in time. The one product that you have that I think a lot of folks don't know about is is the forecast it's the predictions of like turbulence that type of thing oh, sure, yeah. uh what you know why don't they know about that because i fly with a lot of guys that have no idea that it's out there is that a new product yeah so uh, wsi is actually built building out a network of turbulence observations we now have over 600 aircraft that fly and we're getting those in real time we get up to probably around 12 to 13,000 observations a day now over north america so we, we take those observations and we, we transform them into some actionable information for a pilot. So like where could you expect moderate to severe turbulence? We're able to provide a much more pre- precise picture based on this, this observation network than, than maybe you could get from a traditional uh, SIGMET type product. Um, we also run our own numerical models, uh, WSI uh, a leader in, in terms of running numerical models, tuned specifically to some of these types of hazards, whether it be convection or turbulence. So we take those and provide additional forecast information based on our own models. So I think combined, you know, we can offer a pilot really great information about some of those hazards or some of those um, operating conditions that you may not be comfortable operating in. So for someone like myself, the Cessna owner, uh, what type of costs am I going to look at for purchasing this type of a product? Well, so um, for, for um, general aviation market, you can go to the iTunes store today and basically buy a subscription, an annual subscription for $120 a year basically to the Pilot Brief uh, iPad app and get access to many of those great weather products. Awesome. Now, since we are at MBAA, I talked a little bit about the airline flying that I do and the GA flying. Let's talk a little bit about what you have here because we have a lot of listeners that fly uh, aircraft that are 
corporate jets, et cetera. What do you have for that side, for the, for the business aviation side of things? Yeah, so I, I would say we have two things here that we're really highlighting at this show. One is, um, again, with the theme, getting serious about weather. We've got a great weather package for a professional pilot. Uh, not only operating in North America, a lot of the same capabilities that we offer the general aviation market available there, but also globally. We have the most comprehensive set of planning products globally, again, because we run our own numerical weather model. So you pretty much can have the same operational picture, whether you're operating in North America or operating anywhere in the world, whether it be around turbulence, convection hazards, uh, winds, terminal conditions, terminal weather. Um, WSI is really providing a very complete weather package, no matter where you operate. Secondly, we, um, we have a flight um, leading platform right now in the airline market for um, making flight decisions. So we, we basically, it's called Fusion, and it uh, enables an operator to track their flights anywhere in the world. Um, it's, it's built to basically help you manage your operation by exception. So if problems arise, if there's changes that may impact your plan, you'll get alerted to those changes anywhere in the world. So it's really designed to be more of a proactive tool, because as you know, if you're reacting to a situation, your options are fewer. Um, so what we're trying to do is really provide a proactive picture so that you can take action before uh, to mitigate any of the impacts um, wherever you're operating globally. So uh, Fusion will enable you to track your aircraft anywhere in the world, um, provide very robust alerting uh, around weather conditions that may affect your, your uh, flight or plan, including things like turbulence alerting, um, and really uh, provides a comprehensive pre-flight um, planning tool as well. So let's talk a little bit about platforms. Okay, now uh, we have an iPad. Uh, I'm able to get my weather from that iPad. In flight, I can use the wireless these days that we have on the airplane. Uh, what else can I use uh, at home, on my iPad, and in flight? So those three different places. Yeah, so uh, WSI, with, through our Pilot Brief uh, Optima product on the iPad, we, we currently support uh, the dual ADS-B receiver, and we also support the new Sirius XM receiver. Uh, WSI and Sirius are partnered, so you can actually get access to WSI weather information over the Sirius XM uh, uh, receiver and uh, subscription service today. So you can get really a very rich experience on your iPad now, no matter where you are, whatever phase of flight. Well, that, that'll help me out a lot. I, I will say kudos to you folks as far as, especially with going to South America. Uh, you know, I fly around volcanoes a lot, and I will have found out about a volcanic activity in ash uh, earlier than any dispatcher that that'll that'll find out about it. So it's been wonderful for me. Well, I'm glad I'm glad to hear you say that because you know that's a, that's again an area of specialty that we have, where we can really add a lot of value internationally, because obviously volcanic hazards are there for commercial operation and also business operation, right? Really, any operation. So whether it be volcanic ash or turbulence or convection. You know, we're tracking it around the world, really, with safety in mind. So how's the show going? I know it's the first day. It's starting to get a little bit busier around here. Oh, we're quite excited. You know, our, we've got a number of uh, new capabilities and enhancements we're offering here, including the SiriusXM receiver, uh, the partnership with uh, AirNav around global position tracking, mm -hmm. so we can track your aircraft anywhere in the world you can see here. Um, so we've got great excite, uh, excitement around what we're doing. I think our, our message, get serious about weather, is really resonating. Weather is the biggest impact in aviation. WSI is the world leader in weather. You know, it's 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 perfect fit for us to be here. I think our customers are excited about where we're going. Sounds like you're excited oh, yeah. about WSI, which is great. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I've only been using it for about a year now, and uh, I think it's just awesome. I mean, I, I, I can't recommend it more. I mean, it's, it's been great for me. It's kept me out of trouble. Uh, and I like the fact that you're moving forward. And, and on that note, what, what can we see? Can you give us a little hint into the future, anything you want to give out right now, Any, anything that you're moving on towards the future with WSI? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think um, we're, we we're really are focused on weather. You know, um, one of our core missions really is to provide superior weather. You know, both in pre-flight planning and in-flight. So we're working very hard to provide the best information possible, not only in North America, but globally. So we're continuing to evolve um, you know, our own capabilities in terms of in-route forecasting. So like I said, we, we continue to add more aircraft that are reporting turbulence every day. We just signed up another major airline recently. So as that network builds out, we are really gonna be able to pinpoint where there's turbulence and where there's not turbulence. So. In terms of offering your, in this market here, trying to get your VIP from point A to point B on a, in a smooth flight so they can conduct a meeting in the cabin, right. we can offer you a great, um, you know, kind of product set to really plan that operation. So I think that's a big area. We're also looking at, you know, okay, not only just the better weather, most skillful weather, but how's it impacting the way the airspace is operating? So how's that airport going to operate in six hours? How's, what airspace is going to be available? What routes are going to be available? So what you'll see coming from us over the next six to 12 months is transforming our weather, that superior weather, that most skillful weather, into more insights about impacts on airports, route availability, and also airspace availability. I'm assuming that you have to rely a lot on NextGen and ADSB for that. Um, certainly that's one of the inputs. But we, uh, we as a company have um, built a lot of capabilities in analytics. So we've been warehousing off a lot of this data. And so we can draw insights from the data, you know, and basically, you know, relate it to what the forecast is telling us what the impact is going to be. So you're going to see some really unique capabilities come out of WSI uh, that will really, for a pilot, answer the question you have, right? Like, am I going to be able to get into that airport or not? Is that route going to be available or not? Is that airspace going to be available or not? Yeah, you're, right now you're looking at the weather and you're trying to kind of assimilate that. We want to provide you, we want to predict that for you sure. with, with high confidence. So I think that's a big, big uh, direction we're going. And I think the other, the other big thing is global. You know, we're continuing to push globally. Um, you know, we, we're very active in China right now. So as we continue to grow and just, just opened up in Brazil, so as you continue to see us expand globally, both in commercial and, and corporate, our capabilities with our product globally are going to continue to get better. So I think that's another thing too. So if you're a global operator and m most of the, um, over 50% of the global 100 airlines, they rely on WSI. You know, so if you're a, a global business jet operator and you want to have assurance that you're going to have the best weather wherever you operate, I think WSI is a great choice. Well, I think it is, too, and I, I look forward to what you're going to do in the future. We're going to keep an eye on it. Thanks so much, uh, Mark. I really appreciate that and hope to see you again at one of the shows. Great. Well, thank you, too, and thanks for stopping by, and uh, have a great show. All right, thanks again. This is Carl Vlair reporting from NBAA 2014. Well, folks, this is Carl Valeri reporting for the Stuck Mike Avcast out here at the National Business Aviation Association 2014. I'm at the Wyvern Consulting booth. Marina Priolis is uh, actually with me. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about general aviation, something near and dear to my heart. And uh, she actually is very involved in an airport in Cedar Key, Florida. Uh, Marina, welcome. And uh, what is it you do over there at Cedar Key? 
Well, thank you, Carl. Um, really, I'm just an advocate for the airfield. Uh, it's where I learned how to fly. It's very special and dear to my heart. Uh, and it's also special and dear to many people's heart in Florida that know about it. It's kind of a, a cult airport and a, a really great destination. Yeah, you were saying that the airport was actually featured in, in a video. Where was that video again? Yes, it's actually a Sporties uh, course, their video course. It's the first disc you put in. They're talking about challenging airports, and their Cedar Key is KCDK. <laughs> it, and it sure is challenging. Well, you're you're fairly young, so when, when did you get started in aviation? Actually, just a couple years ago. It was actually uh, after I graduated college and with a philosophy degree, which, uh, you know, I really knew what I wanted to do then. So uh, my father is actually my flight instructor. He's also works in aviation, Walter Kajalas. Um, and so he taught me how to fly there on the airfield. I was actually bartending at night and flying during the day and got my license. So, Wow, what an awesome story. Now, if for the listeners, this is an amazing airport. I used to teach down in Tampa and fly my students up there. Uh, it's, it's what we dream of in aviation, flying somewhere to an island, getting off the airplane and going out to these wonderful restaurants. And uh, actually now there's a real big art district there. Tell us a little bit about the Cedar Key area and how, you, how do you get from the airport to downtown? Yeah, absolutely. Cedar Key's uh, really unique. It doesn't have anything chain. You know, it's a local grocery store, local restaurants, local bars. Um, and actually, the main street is right down the middle of the island. I think the entire island is about a mile by a mile and a half wide. So it's it's not uh, not very big. And there's also Dock Street, which is actually uh, a dock where all the restaurants are. And so when you're sitting and eating at a restaurant, you're actually on the water. You're not by the water. You're sitting on it. So. Wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. Now, I remember a long time ago there was somebody you could call on the unicom frequency to come pick you up do they still have that yes good old judy she'll be on there so if you call and say you're uh, on final about to land you'll hear her come on and ask if you need a ride so <laughs> now one thing about cedar key you were mentioning is that there there w- it was under attack i guess for a little while uh and people were seeing it as a dangerous place t- uh, to fly in and out of first of all what are the challenges at cedar key and what is it you've done to help actually promote the airport and keep it there yeah, so yeah, unfortunately there have been a lot of uh, accidents and incidents on that airfield because it is so challenging. Um, first of all, it's, it's very sh- short. It's uh, 2,200 feet uh, with a displaced uh, on one side coming in over the building, so very short. There's also uh, no room for error. If you're going to uh, overrun the runway, you're actually going to run straight into the water. Uh, so that, that also adds another level. And because it is so short, um, you know, everyone comes in high, everyone comes in fast, and so that's kind of a recipe for disaster. As as well as a uh, night ops. Uh, I will say, I do not suggest anyone, even the most experienced pilot, to climb out of Cedar Key uh, at night because uh, when you depart out into the Gulf, uh, there are no lights, there's no visual. So make sure you climb out on instruments and, and be very safe in doing that. Well, that's some great advice. And you are also somebody who leads an organization to, to save that. Now, are you still part of that organization? Yes, absolutely. I'm a VP and webmaster of Friends of the Cedar Key Airport, which is kcdk.org. Uh, and so actually we started uh, when we heard that there was some talk of discontinuing and closing down the airport and that was where I learned how to fly and so we really jumped in and brought together uh, advocates, fellow advocates for the Cedar Key Airport, ran a survey and now it's completely uh, repaved, a new taxiway, the gate is up so there's been a lot of improvements in the past year. Well I I have to say I forgot there was a taxiway there. Was that where all the... No, there wasn't. Okay, that's why I forgot there was one there. (laughs) So now you have a new taxiway, new pavement. That's awesome. I I assume maybe some painting and some lighting on the the runway? Yes, absolutely. New windsock, new lights. So it's... uh 
if you look at it a year ago versus now, it's a completely different airport. So, so if I'm going to fly to Cedar Key, uh, what advice would you give someone before they go in there? I would uh, be familiar with your charts. I would take a good look and have some visual references. Uh, I also wouldn't be afraid to, you know, circle the island a couple times. It's it's so beautiful. Uh, and also, be sure. I know it's easy for general aviators to get out in the middle of nowhere, hear nobody on the frequency for hours, and not make all those calls. But making those calls are really critical. I've almost had a midair there because everyone's kind of, uh, you know, wild wild west zooming around. And so, uh, I highly suggest making your calls. <laughs> Well, I tell you, you live in a wonderful area, and that's, you know, it's kind of a lot of people's dreams that are listening right now to live in an island and to have an airport that's accessible, that you can get in from, you're in the city, and an hour later, you could be in Cedar Key, and I think that's awesome. Again, it's on the, the west coast of Florida, and what's really neat about it, it's so far out in the water, it, it actually has its own weather patterns, it seems. It's, in, in the winter, it's actually just a little bit warmer because of the Gulf of Mexico, and in the summer, it's a little cooler because you have the water out there, so I, I think that's awesome. One of my favorite places to even drive to. not just to fly to. So I appreciate all you're doing for Cedar Key. Is there anything else you can tell us about Cedar Key to maybe draw people into that aviation-wise? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, everybody that lands there, I feel like everyone ends up talking and chatting, and it's also a fun way to connect as an aviator to uh, the community because many people, that's a location, it's a really pretty uh, drive or jog, you know, for people that are visiting the island to come down this one road. There's only one access road to the airport, and when they end up there, everyone wants to just look at the planes. They'll watch you take off and land, and usually when you're there on a weekend, you'll have a small audience, and they're all really excited, so... <laughs> awesome. Bringing back the excitement to aviation. Marina, thanks so much again. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, Cedar Key Airport, check it out. We'll put the link to the website. The website, again, is kcdk.org, and that's the website. And uh, I, I really, anybody who's interested in aviation or can wants to help with this airport, go there. We'd really appreciate that. Again, Carl Valeri, I'm reporting here at NBAA 2014 for the Stuck Mike Avcast. Well, folks, this is Carl Valeri with the Stuck Mike Avcast at MBAA 2014, and I'm at the Av Plan EFB, Plan Smarter, Plan, excuse me, Plan Smarter and Fly Sooner. I like the the tagline that he has. Uh, I'm here with Bevan Anderson uh, with Av Plan EFB, and this is an electronic flight bag that he has, and it looks like it's on the iPad. Welcome. G'day. Thanks for uh, having me on your show. Well, and if you haven't noticed that uh, Bevan is actually from from uh, Australia from Melbourne, correct? Yes, that's correct. Melbourne, Australia. So the product that you have here today, we uh, of course are here in the business aviation, uh, and a lot ties in with general aviation. This right here could be used in your 172. It certainly can. So we have pilots flying using Avplan, flying from powered parachutes all the way through global expresses and so on. Um, we've had some great uptake in general aviation Um, I'm a general aviation pilot myself been flying for 24 years so it was designed to be a a flight planner that becomes an electronic flight plan in the cockpit and does everything that a traditional flight plan does but electronically (laughs) so what is uh, now I'm looking at these charts I notice we have uh, there's Jeppesons possibly or is this all the NOAA they're all in NOAA charts Um, we do have some other stuff coming, but pretty much it's all the NOA charts in the United States. We have Australian charts and New Zealand charts for people that want to fly down under and so on. So now what's the difference between this electronic flight bag and, and certain other ones out there on the market? What makes you shine? Uh, the big thing that we do differently is one is the way we present a flight plan looking like a traditional flight plan. Um, 
the other thing that we do very differently is we actually model aircraft performance accurately so that it will tell you how much time it will take you to fly there, how much fuel you use, take into account climb, cruise and descent. And that's very different to any other EFB out there in the market today. So say I have a 182 and I have a 1965 model, uh, you'll have the performance for that? We probably will, otherwise we can help you put that, all the data in there um, and that'll get you up and running and get you the, the information you need. Now what you said about the traditional flight plan, a lot of us have uh, flight plans on our, on our knees that we, we follow the blocks, we fill in the estimated times, we fill in the actual times, etc. And I'm looking at this right now and you have that on there. You have it on the screen, actually on your EFB and that's what you were talking about, exactly. about the difference. Exactly, yes. So it, it, it does all that traditional things that you were taught to do with your, your, your predicted en route times and then your actual times and you can see if you're going faster or slower and so on. You can track your fuel usage during the flight and log it as your part sheet's waypoint and so on. And that's very different to everything else out there. Interesting. So we're looking at, at a flight plane right now and I notice there's an airplane on that too. Will this also integrate with my GPS system? Yes, so it uses either the GPS in the iPad to keep track of your position, so as you fly past each waypoint, it notes down the, the arrival times, logs your track history as a little green line that you see on either your maps or your instrument approach charts and so on. So what devices can I use this on? Uh, currently the iPads and iPhones, and we also have Avplan Lite, which is a basic moving map product for the Android platform as well. So how do I get updates to these charts, etc.? Um, every month we publish updates on the standard sort of cycle, so one, month, uh, one week prior to the cutover date you get notification and the, the app will actually automatically download the new charts it needs. You select via the state which areas you want to fly in and it just keeps them up to date for you. So one thing that's important to me as far as uh, flight planning is uh, number one, the weather, and number two is being able to file a flight plan. One of the things that's been great about technology is the ability to actually push a button and have them file the flight plan. So let's talk first about weather, then about flight plans. Let's look at weather. What do you have on the, on the EFB? So Avplan will download the winds aloft, TAFs, METARs, and so on via the internet or updated via ADSB if you have a compatible receiver. Um, and then once you've built your route, you put in your departure time and you press a button and it submits your flight plan via CSC DUAT um, and you go flying. So you said uh, ADSB, can it also track other aircraft? It certainly can. So we get, uh, you'll see other ADSB equipped aircraft and in the US you'll see the ones rebroadcast from the ground as well. Well, that's awesome. Now, what if I put this plan together and, and I want to file it? How do I do that? How simple is it? Pretty much it's a, a two-button two press to file a flight plan and then submit. And you can submit multiple legs at one time. So Avplan, you can actually plan a whole day's flying with multiple landing points and submit them all before you go, or you can submit them one at a time as you complete each stage. So if I want to change my flight plan, is there any ability to do that? Yeah, you can just resubmit it and it'll just amend the, the current flight plan. Gotcha. Now what's new with the, the Avplan EFB? And uh, what, how, how long have you been in business too? We've been in business since about 2010. Our first release in Australia was 2011. In the US, we've been around for less than a year, so we're pretty new. Um, we've got some really interesting stuff coming. We've got some more weather options. Uh, anything you can imagine gets overlaid on, on the maps, lightning, weather radars, cloud cover, surface pressure, everything, basically. 
um, which makes it really easy to plan flights here in the United States where weather is a, a big thing. Yes. You know? Yeah, the, the one thing about especially flying within the U.S. and in Florida is there's always these pop-up storms. And, uh, and the neat thing about this is I'm looking at it right now, and I can see the storms are actually south of us currently. Mm-hmm. So there, there's not going to be as much of an issue. So describe us a little bit about what we're looking at on the chart here. So currently we're looking at an X-ray weather radar overlay, and it's showing some large thunderstorms in the, uh, the south of Florida, sort of around the Miami area. Um, what we do is uh, when we access the weather radar we actually save all that information on the device so if we then go and take this flying we can see all the internet weather that we've looked at in the past if it's got internet access it will download it in flight or you can connect to an ADSB receiver and get the ADSB weather as well. So how about a price point? How much would it be for me as the private pilot that's looking to buy this? For a basic VFR subscription it's $39 a year um, and an IFR subscription with all the geo-referenced instrument approach plates and so on um, is $139. Now, the geo-referenced instrument plates, uh, what, is that, what does that do for you? Let's just describe that for our, our listeners. So what we, we have is an instrument approach plate that shows your aircraft position. There's a little aeroplane flying along. You have the green track where you've been. Your flight plan is also overlaid on there, and you can edit your route on the actual plate if you wish. You can also overlay those plates on the maps themselves and see that how it sort of fits in with the overall sort of flight progress. One thing I love about georeferencing on charts is it gives me some great situational awareness, and that's one thing I like about this. But, you know, what happens when I get on the ground? Uh, Will I be able to find the FBO? Say I'm at a large airport. Can we also reference our aircraft on the ground? Certainly can. So as you, when you land the aircraft, Avplan will automatically open the uh, airport taxi diagram for you and then you can follow it, you can draw a line where you expect your taxi from or before you depart when you call up for a taxi clearance you can actually draw your taxi clearance and follow that on the, on the chart itself. So how about other information on that airport? Say I want to find out about where I'm going to eat that day or if they have fuel, th- those type of things. I mean is there anything that, that we can do there? Not as yet but that's all that features are coming very shortly. Terrific. So we're going to see that in the future. That was going to be the next thing in the future. But right now we're looking at some of the charts and some of the arrivals and departures uh, that are out here in Orlando. And it's very easy to move around. He's flipping through the different pages and looking at the different arrival procedures and departure procedures and also the approach plates. So it's it's actually quick. It loads very quickly. I've actually been watching it. And it seems like a, a really, really good product. Uh, the... Uh, Availability for customer service in the United States. I know that you're in Australia. What if I have an issue? So we have uh, an email address that we monitor. Um, we actually have people in, in the U.S. that offer support. And we also have telephone support that you can call us. Cool. Now, on, on a kind of a fun note, how's it going here at, at MBAA? And how do, how do you like it here as opposed to in Australia? Uh, this is absolutely awesome. Like, the show itself is massive. Um, I couldn't even find where our booth was. <laughs> Uh, this morning. Um, really excited to be here. Everyone in aviation is here and I've already hooked up with a whole bunch of other vendors and got some cool things in the works already. Um, personally I've done some flying in the last few weeks around the US uh, for the first time by myself and the level of service and the, the things that you can do in GA here in, in the US is, is just amazing compared to Australia. Um, the service that you get is phenomenal. Um, I, I, I love flying here. I, I can't wait to come back. You know, our, our friends at Plane Crazy Down Under, you know, they're always talking about, the, you know, the fact that 
you don't realize what we have here. And sometimes we don't until you, until you leave the country and, and you don't have quite the services that you do have here. I had, my assumption about Australia was it was similar here the, to the U.S. And uh, like, what, what would be a difference, say? The big thing is just imagine there was no FBOs anywhere. All the airports had no one there, pretty much, apart from the big capital cities. You fueled your own aircraft. You paid a priv- you know, over 8 to $9 a gallon to do that. Uh, there's no services at airports apart from toilets and maybe a phone, the odd, the odd airline terminal, but not much. Um, yeah, the and you compare to, I, I flew into Evanston, Wyoming last week, and I landed on a 6,000-foot runway with an ILS at a at a town of 20 odd thousand people. Someone was there, fueled up the aircraft for me. Um, that just wouldn't happen in Australia at all. You, you you don't know how good you have it. Gosh, you know, as you were speaking, I was just sitting there saying, wow, that's kind of commonplace here, and I guess I, I should appreciate what I have more here than, than uh, other places in the world, but that's incredible. Now, how about uh, fees? Do you have any type of fees? Oh, yes. So we pay landing fees at most airports, and that'll be charged by the, the owner of the airport, usually the county or so on. Um, fuel's obviously more expensive. We have en route charges. Uh, so for an IFR flight, say from Melbourne to Sydney of about 300 nautical miles, you'd be paying about 14 or $15 in en route charges. Um, landing fees and parking fees are usually at the major airports about $15 a day. So user fees are probably not the best thing for general aviation. That we're, that's what we're looking at right now. No, definitely not. Um, and, and to come here and... Uh, you know, I paid $15 a day to park in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and, and they thought that was a lot, and they apologised to me. And, and for the level of service, someone came out and tied the aeroplane down, they drove me around to get a hire car. You know, that was just, you know, it was fantastic. Well, it's fascinating to get a perspective of somebody that's flying in Australia like yourself and also has flown in the U.S. Uh, I haven't met too many people who have done that, and that's, it's great to hear somebody who's into GA and, and loves general aviation. It's also here at, at the National Business Aviation Association uh, 2014 convention. Now, what, you're trying to market this to also business have. That's correct. So the re- we put a lot of effort into modeling aircraft performance, so... Uh, the thing that differentiates us to all the other AFB out there is that we can tell you how, f- how much fuel you're going to use and what the best altitude to fly at. And it's all done on the device by itself, not connected to the internet and so on. So um, you can be flying in your PC-12 somewhere and plan the next leg in the aircraft without any connectivity and actually know the, the right altitude to fly at. And, and doing that for one leg will pay for your subscription for one year if you get it right wow that's amazing you know the uh i think the fact that that you're here and you're so passionate about aviation speaks volumes there's so many other people here that are passionate about aviation that's what i love about this you know we have a general aviation podcast i'm actually at the show representing aviation careers podcast uh but you know i found that i've i've been able to interview more and more people for stuck mike avcast and that's what this will be on uh and this is just just one of those areas that there's a lot of crossover you know people start in small airplanes and the heart stays in small airplanes usually uh, they wind up coming to these larger business app and they bring a lot of that over and all that experience over but the passion always stays that's for sure well, is there anything else you want to tell the audience before we take off oh look i don't think so i just thank you very much for having me on the show and and uh yeah check us out on the web www.avplan-efb.com or search for avplan in the app store or the play store 
and, and to our friends down in Australia, especially at uh, playing crazy down under, uh, a shout out to them to and uh, really appreciate what you've done with them and appreciate your being here. And uh, and I know that uh, anything you want to say say hi to them down in Australia. Oh, look, say hello to everyone in Australia. Thanks for listening, and um, I hope to see you all down there soon when I get home. Awesome, awesome. Again, Bevan, thanks so much. This is Carl Valer with Stuck Mike Avcast, reporting at MBAA 2014 at the Expo. Just a terrific place to be. Make sure you stop by if you're listening to this and you hear this online. Avplan EFB. That is Carl Valeri reporting from MBAA 2014 for the Stuck Mike Avcast. And, of course, we always promote ForeFlight on our podcast. And we actually had an update to ForeFlight recently. And uh, I'm actually here with somebody who's the co-founder of ForeFlight at MBAA. So we're going to get an update, but uh, want to know what's happening right now and what you're doing in the future. There was a bit of a, uh, I guess, a, a, a hiccup recently that we talked about in one of our past uh, podcasts. So if you could tell us, you know, what's been done to change that, and also where are you and where you're going forward with that? Can you pause it for just a second? What, what, what hiccup are you talking about? Um, iOS. iOS 8? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, sure. Okay. So recently iOS 8 came out, and um, you know, with every major operating system update, um, Apple always likes to throw a curveball or two uh, just before release. So that's why we kind of advise pilots to, you know, uh, be patient and wait for sort of the point releases for both apps and for uh, OSs uh, to come out. So with iOS 8, one of the challenges really was with the uh, the new devices, with uh, the, the new iPhone 6 and the iPhone Plus. So we have to go in there and change the way that our you know maps render and things like that. Uh, other than that, we didn't have too many issues with, with iOS 8 in particular. It was really the new devices that came out that uh, caused us to scramble a bit, but put out a couple of point releases uh, you know to clean up issues that were encountered with that. I'm glad you say that. So if I currently have my iPad, I should be okay. Even if I did upgrade to iOS 8. Yeah, you should be fine. Yeah. Okay. Terrific, terrific. What's coming in the future with ForeFlight? Well, we're, we're always uh, working to update the app. We don't really talk about what's coming in the future. We like, we like to surprise. But at this week at, at MBAA, we're uh, previewing some things that are coming in the 6.4 release, which, is, uh, which should be out in the next couple of weeks here or so. One of those is improved aircraft performance uh, calculations. So you'll be able to put in your climb, cruise, descent, taxi, burn information to really sort of fine-tune uh, the results that you get from the flight planner. We're also expanding our synchronization capabilities. That's something we released uh, over the summer and have been adding to. Our, our mission is really to allow you, when you're using your phone or your iPad, to have the data that's, that you create on one device be on the other as well. And so we're now adding support to synchronize flight plans across different devices and your aircraft profiles. So if you save one aircraft profile on your iPhone, that goes up to the cloud and is saved, and it's also available on your iPad. And if you have to delete the application for any reason, uh, that all comes back and gets restored from the cloud as well. Well, terrific. Uh, and one thing I like about ForeFlight, you're always moving forward. You're making changes and changes for the better. Uh, you've been, over this period of time, you've really been an innovator, I think, in electronic flight bags. Uh, what do you feel has been the biggest innovation recently? I think the, really the biggest innovation was still devices, right? So the uh, the addition of new smaller devices that uh, give us more uh, opportunity to invent. Uh, we're, we're really excited about the the iWatch. Uh, that might be something that uh, you could see, you know, alerts and that sort of stuff uh, coming coming out. Uh, but we're always looking for new opportunities to to build on new platforms. Well, Tyson, I know you have to catch a van to the hotel. Where can they find you on the internet? People listening right now at uh, foreflight.com, F-O-R-E-F-L-I-G-H-T, and you can find information about a product, latest releases, and uh, you can purchase there as well. 
Terrific. It's always nice to speak to someone who helped develop and found the company. Again, thanks so much. And this is uh, Carl Valeri with Stuck Mike Avcast reporting for MBAA 2014. Well, folks, this is Carl Valeri with the Stuck Mike Avcast reporting here from National Business Aviation Association 2014. And I'm in front of this large motorhome with a painting on the side. And uh, it says veteransairlift.org. They got heart. They need wings, and it shows a purple heart within the the symbol of heart, and uh, they do some incredible things for our veterans, especially veterans after 9-11. And with me, I have Andrew. Andrew is uh, with Veterans Airlift Command. Welcome, Andrew. Hello. So, you know, we, we discussed a little bit before what exactly Veterans Airlift Command is. I think people confuse it with another organization that flies veterans to D.C. This is a much different organization than that. What is it you actually do? Yes, we fly uh, post-9-11 combat veterans for medical and other compassionate reasons outside the airline system uh, with a network of volunteer aircraft and, uh, and pilots. So, by volunteer aircraft and pilots, say somebody has, what, a 172, they can volunteer the aircraft? We do. We have uh, a lot of actual pilots and, uh, uh, and aircraft that are single-engine type. Um, they don't normally get the long-haul missions that we have, which uh, we consider over 500 miles being a long-haul mission. But we do have a lot of four-seater uh, aircraft that, uh, that actually pick up missions. Um, you know, it's f- we're here in Orlando. So we've got uh, some patients in uh, at the Tampa VA that come over here for prosthetic work to Orlando. So our single engine users um, actually do those missions for us. So how? What are your typical missions? I mean, how far would you go? Tip. I'm not saying that we have anything that's typical. The ones that are more on average for us would be from the military hospitals, such as Walter Reed or Brook Army Medical Center, um, Balboa out in California. Um, and what we've seen recently, or the past couple years, is that um, as the military member has transitioned um, out of the hospital and back to their community, back to their hometown, they either need to get back to Walter Reed or they need to get to some specialty care somewhere um, for their continuation on their medical treatment. And a lot of times they cannot fly on an airliner based on amputation levels, a lot of times facial injuries. Um, Sometimes PTSD is an issue too where they they just can't be in crowds anymore. So our network of volunteers actually will uh, fly them um, to where they need to go and they don't have to go through TSA and it's very easy. They show up at an FBO, get on an airplane, go to the other end, get off at another FBO, um, get picked up, get taken to their medical appointment and then and then in a day or so, we reverse that, and they all come back. You know, that's awesome. Now, it says Veterans Airlift Command. This is not associated with the government. This is a, a, a nonprofit organization, and it's all volunteers like yourself, correct? That's correct. It is a private organization totally. We are a 501c3 nonprofit, so our volunteers do get tax uh, incentives for, for actually doing the flights. So they're able to write, uh, write it off depending on um, what their accountant will say. Um, so totally uh, void of, of the government. And having said that, we're totally void of any red tape or paperwork. So we make things easy for our passengers um, uh, and our volunteer pilots as well. So it's a very simple system, and uh, I think we're doing some really good things. 
I think it's awesome. I'm just looking at some of the pictures that you have here on display of our different veterans and, and them being transported and, uh, and hugging each other, that type of thing. I think this is a wonderful thing. Now, how could I get involved, number one, as a citizen that's non-pilot, you know, how could I help out? And number two, if I am a pilot, how can I help? Okay, I'll start out with if you're a pilot, especially if you're a pilot with an aircraft, you would go to our website, which as you said earlier is veteransairlift.org, and uh, register your aircraft with us. And in doing so, when a veteran uh, requests a flight or a mission from us, um, we will go through the process of vetting them, and then we'll build a narrative on um, a little bit about them, so how they got injured, where they need to go, what their, what their appointments are for, basically the the weights uh, if they're having any passengers travel with them um, whether they have a wheelchair with them so a little bit of the particulars on the on the mission itself and then based on uh, distance and and weights we'll we will determine which aircraft type um, would best suit that mission and then we will email all those people in the region that um, are aircraft owners that fit that profile for the aircraft and then they look at their email and say, hey, I might be able to do that mission. And if they do, then they'll ping us back. And then we'll give them the particulars, and then we'll marry up the, the, uh, the pilots with the passengers, and then um, they'll go fly. If they can't do the mission, they can just delete the email. We're, we're not going to bother them with a phone call or follow-up. So we've got, so, you know, on average, when we do put out a mission request, it goes out to 150 to 250 aircraft in that region. Um, we have... Uh, over 800 aircraft in our volunteer network, uh, almost 2,500 pilots as well, and um, so it's it's fairly robust. Um, for the veteran, it's kind of easy, or it is easy that uh, you know they get on, just put in where they need to go, when they need to go, some other information about them, and then uh, that's how we we do it. As a non-pilot, um, it's helping us spread the word, and um, you know we we do take donations too for a little bit of overhead that we have. Um, but that's, that's about it. I, I think it's really awesome what you're doing. I, I'd like to get the word out. Now, how does, somebody, how does a veteran find out about this organization? You know, say someone is having an issue trying to get transportation to, say, Walter Reed, et cetera. You know, how, how do they find out? You know, what organizations do you put this word out to? We, we do a little bit of advertising, and it's tough to advertise to veterans only. Um, our biggest advocate is word of mouth. We do travel to, to each of the military hospitals. Um, we talk to people in the VA as well. And we'll spend days at, at the military hospitals. And the advocates that are there know that we're there and, and will refer for us. But by far, word of mouth is, is our biggest generator. And uh, we've been in existence since 2006. And uh, since then, we're right at 9,200 passengers. So we've flown a lot of people. So we think we're getting the word out. Um, and uh, the most that I've seen on our mission board in a day period has been uh, 15 missions at one time. So it's almost like a little small airline, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's even bigger than some of the small airlines, actually. That's pretty incredible with the number of aircraft that you have. You know, it, it really is inspiring to see people that, like yourself that are doing this. Uh, do you actually fly aircraft and fly these folks? I do. I'm a 22-year uh, Air Force veteran. I retired in um, 2009. And I recently bought my first airplane. <laughs> so I have a uh, Comanche, four-seat Comanche. And I have registered my aircraft um, to be able to fly missions. And I have not as of yet done one. 
but um, you know, I'm around Florida and I see them popping up all the time because I'm a I'm a mission scheduler for um, or mission coordinator for Veterans Airlift Command, and I did see the ones for Florida popping up as well. But sometimes I just can't get out of the office. <laughs> well, we appreciate your service and uh, what you've done both for the military and also here for the Ve- Veterans Airlift Command. Uh, I really hope that we can get the word out for you and by people going to veteransairliftcommand.com and uh, excuse me dot org excuse me thank you veteransairlift.airlift.org veteransairlift.org make sure you go to that website uh, and we'll put some links on the website for this but one of the things that I, I would love to see is, is more people get involved. And, and just on a smaller level, uh, we have a lot of people that want to donate money. And can they do that right on the website? Yes, they can. Just get on the website, and it has a link that says Donate. Um, and it's really easy. We want to make donations very easy. <laughs> well, great. Hopefully we'll see this uh, big motorhome at, at some more events. I'm sure you'll be going to some of them. Um, but is there anything else you can tell us about the organization, possibly, that would inspire people to, to actually get involved with this? Any stories that you could tell us? Um, I, I, yes. I mean, as far as stories, I have a lot of them. Um, what I will say is there's a lot of, there's a few watchdog organizations out there that, that monitor uh, nonprofits, 501c3 organizations. And if you do some research on them, on our rating, you will find out that uh, we are probably one of the top uh, veteran organizations or in what I consider, and obviously because I'm involved and I'm a pilot, um, we're one of the more useful ones. And um, you know, read some of the stories that are on there about the users from us, and it's, it's very heartwarming. Some of them will bring tears to your eyes. Well, uh, you yourself are a wounded veteran also, and uh, the uh, and you have uh, quite a few other folks that are volunteering here, and uh, we do appreciate your service, you know, especially us, us folks that never did did serve back in the U.S., and, and this is just a little something that we can do to help support those folks that, that have made the ultimate sacrifice for our country, and we really do appreciate it. Well, Andrea, thanks so much for, for speaking with us here at Stuck My Gavcast. We'll get it out this time, veteransairlift.org. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. This is Carl Valeri with the Stuck Mike Avcast reporting at NBAA 2014. I'm actually at the Veterans Airlift Command motorhome here, and uh, we were just discussing transportation and the organization, but I actually uh, am sitting with somebody who's actually used the Veterans Airlift Command and uh, for transportation services. And your name is? I am Adam Kishleski, former sergeant in the Marine Corps, and uh, got wounded back in 2005. 2005, and uh, where were you when you got wounded? Uh, right outside of Fallujah, in a place called Al Karma in Iraq. And uh, we're doing this over radio. So, what what actually uh, happened to you during that? So we got into a uh, couple of firefights outside of the school. It ended up being just a real bad area for insurgents to, to hide out, and we got some intel that they were back in that area again. Uh, we're opening up some doors looking for, for bad guys to be hiding on the other side, and one of the doors was rigged with an IED. Uh, so we opened it up, it exploded, and it killed the lieutenant that was with me and lost my right leg, my left arm, and nearly lost my left leg as well. Wow, gosh, that, that's, <laughs> uh, I really appreciate what you folks have done over there, and, and uh, you paid the ultimate sacrifice uh, for us and to keep us safe back home. So I really do appreciate that, and there are people here that appreciate that as well, and these are the folks here at Veterans Airlift Command that actually have helped you to move from place to place. Now, why would you use Veterans Airlift Command? You know, the the hospital is a pretty chaotic place to, to begin with. And when you're recovering, you know, with lifelong injuries that you're going to have to be dealing with, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. Uh, 
sometimes when you're trying to get back home, the last thing you really want to deal with is a, the TSA uh, nightmare and, and going through security, going uh, uh, to an unfamiliar area and, and dealing with a lot of people staring at you. Veterans Airlift Command really eliminates all that by coming and picking you up close to your house or close to uh, the hospital and getting you to wherever it is you're trying to go as quickly as possible. Um, you don't have to worry about the uh, uncomfortable feeling that you may get through security or through people just staring at you and your injuries. And I understand that. Going through the airports can be a real real pain, especially if there's any metal involved, etc. It takes a, a long process to get through, especially if you're going on the airlines, that type of thing. Uh, now, how did you find out about Veterans Airlift? Did they just uh, pop up somehow? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, they've got a reputation around the hospital for really going out of their way to help veterans, and uh, uh, it was really the veteran population that spread the word and how I had heard about them. Terrific. Now, they, uh, when you say at the hospital, there's, uh, what is it, like an advocate that helps you out in finding this? No, it was other patients that were going through the hospital as well and, and uh, benefited from, you know, the services that they provided. So this really has worked, this word of mouth that he talked about. Are you still using the services? You know, I uh, used them to fly down here today to, to come and, and check out the expo. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the word of mouth is really the, the biggest way that the Veterans Airlift Command spreads the word about what they're doing. You know, they're not uh, uh, a huge organization that wants to spend a ton of money on, on advertising. You know, they, they really rely on that, that grassroots network to, you know, create an awareness. So, you know, donations that are, are made to the organization, you know, really come through individuals hearing about it in much the same way uh, I heard about it as a patient. So both sides of the fence, you know, it's the, the grassroots network that, that really you know, has made the Veterans Airlift Command what it is today. So in your life, how has it changed your life? Just uh, if you can just expand on that. I think uh, more than the transportation, it's the network of people that I've met through the uh, the organization, and just realizing how much people care, you know, about me and my family, and the the sacrifices that I've made, and uh, uh, having that support network has really kind of been um, in the back of my mind with you know every goal that I've set, and I've been able to accomplish a lot because of that network, and. Um, I think more than anything, just knowing that so many people care about you and, and you know, your sacrifices is how the Veterans Airlift Command made, you know, a difference for me and my family. Well, Adam, I really appreciate you talking to us today. And, uh, you know, we appreciate what you've done in serving in the military and actually paying that ultimate price. Uh, you know, you've spread freedom in the world and you've kept us safe back home. And, and those of us that didn't serve really do appreciate that. And, and uh, I hope that people listening now will, will actually donate and go to veteransairlift.org and, and give money and this is a terrific organization it's affected you it's affected other people and i'm sure that they're moving forward are going to help a lot of people never even thought about the personal side of it how, how it can affect somebody and uh, and you're a testament to that and i and i think that's terrific and and you have many challenges in life and you've gotten over that you have such a positive attitude and i think that's terrific thanks so much for talking to us adam well, thank you sir i really appreciate it this is Carl Valeri reporting from MBAA 2014. Go to veteransairlift.org, and you can truly help people uh, move around that are veterans that, that have some injuries that uh, or just don't want to deal with working at the airport and, and working through the security area. So, again, Carl Valeri, MBAA 2014. Thank you. That was Carl Valeri with uh, Stuck Mike Avcast. We're here at MBAA 2014 reporting at the MyGoFlight booth here with Charlie Schneider. Charlie has a great product called MyGoFlight, 
And uh, actually, does, I w- one of the things that impressed me as I was walking by, Charlie, uh, first of all, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, is the fact that you have this iPad up here, and I noticed that with the glare shield, uh, I'll call it a glare shield for now, uh, you can actually see the iPad from an angle. Most glare shields I have, I cannot. So tell me a little bit about this, and then we'll talk a little bit about the other products that you have. Okay, great. Well, uh, Carl, this is the world's first glass, pure glass, tempered glass, anti-glare screen protector that provides four functions. One is knocks off the glare, most important. Second is it's anti-smudge. It won't show your fingerprints. Third is it's anti-scratch. You can take something like keys or a knife, drag it along the surface, and it will not scratch. And it's anti-shatter. It helps to prevent the shattering of the screen. So in one device, one product, you can get a pure glass, which has a wonderful touch uh, product onto your iPad. You say it's the first. It's the first. You can't find anti-glare very often. You'll see crystal clear, but anti-glare is what we were after. Yeah, sometimes some of these products, they, they kind of tear off in the corners and stuff like that. I don't think this will do that. No, it won't, and uh, it'll protect your iPad's screen from getting uh, nicked up on those corners as well. Um, and it goes on easily. If there's no dirt on it or no scratches already, it won't show a single bubble, which is really cool. It'll just lay down on there and, and be flat. Awesome. You know, there's a, a lot of folks here, obviously, that are in business aviation, but a lot of folks that are in general aviation like us. They fly business aircraft, and they also have a small airplane. So what do you have to offer for someone like myself that owns a, or owned a Cessna? Okay, well, so number one is the thing we've just been talking about, the Armor Glass product by My Go Flight. And then there's some companion products for that, Armor Wipes, that allows you to clean things and make it antibacterial, and then Armor Wax that puts a nice finish on top of that glass product to give it a nice extra feel. Then if you kind of move down the row here, we have a line of products for powering the device in your airplanes. So most of your airplanes have 28 volt systems. We have the only 2.4 dual USB port charger. So that's two rapid power, fast charging ports that could do an iPad and an ADSB receiver or two iPads. This is the only device that'll do that. And we call it our rapid power uh, dual micro charger. We also have the only quad charger that has two 2.4 amp ports and two one amp ports. So when you're traveling and you want to charge up a bunch of devices, you just need one charger, you throw it in your flight bag and you are good to go. And then I also carry a backup battery, a portable energy station, this 10,000 milliamp hour uh, battery that you can throw into your flight bag. All else fails, you've got power to charge your iPad and get back down to the ground. You've got all my power needs now, and, and I, I like the fact that you have multiple devices because I always carry multiple devices. You can use this in your car and your airplane, the 28. Yeah, you can use it anywhere you go, all these things. The anti-glare, my little daughter, watching Netflix in her bedroom, says, Dad, I don't like seeing my reflection when I'm trying to watch a movie. So we put on the anti-glare on hers as well. So it works at home just as well as it does in the airplane. You know, it's really fascinating that you have all these firsts. You know, what got you into doing this? You know, it's all personal need, actually. Uh, As a pilot myself, uh, I got into flying and was handed a stack of paper and I said, no, what's the other way? And uh, went and bought a $5,000 Toshiba uh, laptop touchscreen computer and put uh, the Jeppesen data up on that. But the laptop was misnamed because it constantly left my lap in flight and there was no way to secure it. So... Uh, we built a case just for me to use, an eboard product, and uh, a bunch of people saw it and said, hey, they want one too. So we got into uh, building 
uh, knee boards for pilots to secure their iPad and that evolved into making mounts and mountable cases and then that evolved into the need for, that I had for power and to knock off the glare. So all these things came about because of a general aviation pilot just trying to fly around the country and uh, use our devices securely and easily. You know, the next generation of aviation products is important to me and important to most people flying. It, you just make the next generation of aviation products easier to use. And I think that's terrific. Yep, that's our goal is to make things uh, that are allowing us to make things you know, secure and usable in every phase of flight as well as in every phase of home. So it kind of just works out quite well. Well, that's awesome. I know that on the corporate side, you also have some devices. Uh, will they be allowed to be used during the whole flight? The uh, FAA has an advisory circular that I think all pilots, not just you know commercial pilots, should follow, which basically says that if the iPad is secured and operable in critical phases of flight, then you can use that. Um, and so that's you know what we provide is the ability to do that. Well, that's awesome. Now you have some other products that I think you won an award for. I think it was, but uh, I always thought you just did knee boards and that type of thing. But you do so much more. Uh, so you also have some bags, and they look pretty cool. So tell us a little bit something about this bag. It looks kind of like a suitcase. You know what? It's a gorgeous bag. It's a, a flight bag that was designed from the ground up, thinking that pilots are carrying iPads or EFBs into airplanes, um, not you know manuals and paper. So it's a very sleek, lightweight bag that has many compartments in it that are also all viewable. They either have mesh or it's drop down zipper opening so do you know where all your gear is. Because I got frustrated with the bags that I found in aviation. One they looked horrible and the other was they were you know you had to be you know Superman with x-ray vision or a good memory to remember what was in each pocket. Our bag makes it simple to carry. It's very lightweight and it has padded compartments for carrying your iPad device. I like the fact it's all black, too, so if you're one of those people that's part of a crew, you know, some of our listeners also fly for the airlines, uh, this would be something they could actually probably use at work. Uh, yeah, it is a phenomenal bag. It comes with two straps, a shoulder strap or a backpack strap. Um, it's called the Flight Bag PLC Pro. It just won Flying Magazine's number one flight bag for techies uh, this year, and we were very excited about that. This is our third generation of this bag now. Every year we come out with a new model, make some improvements to it, um, and we're just excited as uh, all can be for this bag. You know, one of the concerns I have with a flight bag is I usually like to keep bring them with me, uh, and this actually has a backpack type of strap on there so that I can also bring this with me on my overnight and go out hiking with it if I wanted to. Yeah, it's a phenomenal bag. You know, it's, uh, it's good for those that uh, go on a short trip and need to place some clothes or overnight items. Or, you know, me, I use it as my flight bag and just keep it on the ready for when I'm ready to go on a next trip. So my go flight, what can we see in the future for general aviation? You know what? Uh, you want to look into the future when you think about my go flight. We are working on a really cool project next, which is to get that information that sits on your iPad or on your avionics screens right out in front of you in a heads-up display format with a uh, really cool glass screen. And that I'm very excited about and hope to have something with that early next year. Awesome. Can't wait to see that. We'll hopefully see that at, at one of the shows. Of course, we'll see you again at Sun and Fun this year. Where can they find you on the Internet? So easy to find. Just go to www.mygoflight.com. That's M-Y-G-O-F-L-I-G-H-T.com. And uh, we're there. 
24-7 online, or you can feel free to pick up the phone. We're actually one of these companies that you can call and we'll answer at 303-364-7400. And if we aren't there to answer, it'll ring through to our phone on our cell phone and we will return a call typically in under an hour. We're very proud of the fact that we are easy to do business with. So a real person is going to call you back then? A real person. <laughs> it's imagine that in this day and age, you know, you send us an email at info at mygoflight.com. You'll get a response, even if it's on a Sunday. So feel free to get a hold of us. People uh, like our products a lot and they love our service. Uh, great customer service, I know, from people I've talked to. Uh, what happens when something uh, breaks? I, I have an iPad or say something malfunctions. How do I, how do I get a spare product? You know what? We'll take a look at that. If we need to, we'll just send you out a new one. You don't even send back the damaged one. You know, we take a picture of it, you send it to us, and we're good to go. We're easy to do business with. We get so few returns, and we have such few problems. But, hey, every company's going to have a bump in the road. So when you have an issue, feel free to call, and we will make you happy one way or another. Well, Charlie, I appreciate you talking to us here at the Stuck Mike Avcast. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, nope, I think that covers it. We're excited to be down here in Orlando, and we're having a good time. And uh, going, well. going well so far. And uh, if, if you're in the area, please stop by our booth. Uh, we are in 4654, uh, real easy to find, and uh, we'd be glad to chat with you. <laughs> Terrific. Charlie Schneider from MyGoFlight, really appreciate it. Wonderful products. I've heard a lot of good uh, reactions from our listeners. So again, look at MyGoFlight.com. Carl Valeri from the NBAA 2014 for Stuck Mike Avcast. The After Landing Checklist. Well, folks, hope you enjoyed those interviews. That was a lot of fun. We're uh, here actually at the end of the show, uh, getting ready to leave. And I'm uh, again with Eric Crump, just like we started the show out here. And it has been, in my view, phenomenal. I've never been to an MBAA convention. The exhibitors are amazing. The one thing that I loved about it is that people are excited. You can hear them cheering in the background. <laughs> and the people are excited about general aviation, not just business aviation. From an educational standpoint, of course, uh, Eric and I were talking before, there's a lot of folks looking for talent. There's a lot of organizations trying to provide that talent. You know, you look at training institutions, you see schools, colleges, universities, uh, you also see a lot of folks that are here trying to recruit. So that's pretty awesome. If this is, hey, if you're in business aviation, you're looking for a job, I'm going to suggest that you come out here. This was an amazing networking event. I found, I did so much networking here. It was incredible. So, Eric, real quickly, what was your impression of the show? Well, again, I, I was thrilled to be here, too, just because it is the first one for me as well. Um, I felt like I really learned a lot, which I don't want to say I didn't expect that, but... Um, I didn't know how much I didn't know, um, <laughs> really. And, um, you know, my, my professional aviation career started in business aviation, did that for a number of years, and um, it just, it's amazing to me now, what, 10, 10 years or so after the fact, to see how much it's changed. Um, the technology has changed immensely. Um, the number of the number of exhibitors here that are not, not selling airplanes, not selling... Um, services, but they're selling carpet upgrades and and just things that you just I I don't know maybe I just don't think about from a, a day to day basis. Um, favorite vendors definitely the model aircraft people that are here. Um, the guy turned around and said, "So do you see anything you like?" And I was like, "Yeah, I want one of everything. They're amazing. I'd love to just decorate my entire office and house with with all that stuff." But um, anyway, I guess the the most 
the most appealing thing to me has been the number of young men and women that are here who are in their educational pursuit right now who are coming out to the show to figure out what's available in the industry, not just in the flight side, not just in the maintenance side, but in the vast number of service industries that support business aviation. And so I've been really jazzed up to see a number of young men and women here dressed professionally, acting professionally, looking for jobs, looking for networking opportunities. I've just found that to be to be really awesome. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm here in a polo shirt, actually, in my Aviation Careers podcast shirt, and I, I'm way underdressed compared to the other folks here. You know, it's great what you said about the young folks. The young folks are here in the, you know, their suits and ties, and I would suggest that if you were coming here to do a little bit of networking. But, you know, as far as the favorite things at the show, uh, you know, I love the models. The models are awesome. Uh, probably my favorite thing, actually, honestly, was, again, the Veterans Airlift Command. Uh, it's amazing work that they're doing. Maybe not just that. I, I'll throw in there all the different things that the business aviation community does for society that you don't really see in the news that is that was absolutely phenomenal uh, as far as exhibits and as far as people exhibiting here uh, my my favorite thing to watch was Bob Hoover and Sean Tucker in that interview and uh, hopefully you you'll have heard some of that and, and enjoy that also on this podcast but uh, Bob Hoover <laughs> is hilarious that guy cracks me up he's done so much in aviation uh, but I, I tell you, if I, I'm definitely going to find this again and do National Business Aviation Association. Like, how about you? Well, I think next year you and I should go out to Vegas together and uh, just do it again. And But by then I need my – I need my – well, I do need <laughs> – every time we talk about going somewhere. And see, I wasn't even going to mention the buddy pass this time. You brought it up this time. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I look forward to doing this again. And um, I, I don't know, it's – I've known forever that it's here in Orlando and right here in my backyard. Now, I can't believe I've never made the effort to come over here, but that will absolutely change going forward. You know, we didn't have Rick Felty or Sean Moody with us, but Victoria Newville, she was uh, actually, Psycho, I should say, I'm sorry. She was actually uh, here in spirit, and uh, she had me actually go around talk to some people, folks over at uh, Jeffrey Nipper, or Tippers, I should say, over at uh, Star Aviation, and uh that was it's it's such a small community. Everybody knows each other, and uh, I was in a booth and just talking about something. I said, "Hey, do you know Victoria?" And I said, "Of course I know Victoria. She's on the show." And she says, "Oh, she does that great podcast, blah blah blah." I was like, "Oh, well, thanks. That's you know stuck my gavcast." And we have listeners here, which is really phenomenal to see, and it's been wonderful to to interact with those listeners and and discuss aviation. And uh, they don't actually recognize me because there's not too many pictures of me. But once I start talking, they say, "Hey, wait." Wait a minute, I know you from your voice. Uh, Rick Felty, I know, is excited to see some of the pictures. I actually put them on my Facebook page. I'll put those back over on the, the Stuck Mic. I'll share them on the Stuck Mic Avcast Facebook page, so make sure you get on there and share that. But uh, I really absolutely love this show. Um, you know, we, we again, we talk about the passion of aviation. Uh, I, I would come here even as a GA pilot because a lot of these GA pilots that I see at the other air shows are here. Um, Heaven's Landing, they're here. Uh, the uh, Heaven's Landing girls, I didn't see them, uh, but I'm sure they were at the booth. All the different uh, real estate. Here's the big thing that, that changed in my mind is I'm used to seeing these people in, like, T-shirts and shorts and sneakers, and I'm seeing them in suits and ties. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute, Max. I know who you are. So I found myself doing that so often at this show. Well, I really wish the, the other folks could have joined us here. Uh, any last thoughts as far as we're, us closing down this show right now? 
Sure, I just wanted to uh, let all the Stuck Mike listeners know that uh, Carl generously provided his credit card number. We bought a brand new Pilatus jet. Um, it should be delivered, what, 2016 or so? Are you talking about the model airplane? <laughs> <laughs> no, we got, the, we got the real deal, man. It's going to be great. Uh, it seats 12, I think, so but we can take 12 listeners at a time. And it's free. Carl's going to pay for the gas. He already bought the plane, so we're good to go. So, you know, just send all your, uh, your travel requests to Carl, and uh, they'll, they'll build a schedule, and we'll get back in touch with you. I, I, boy, I tell you, I would love that. That was a sharp-looking airplane. There's so many new innovations here, uh, especially the 747. That would have been cool. With, uh, I mean, the living room or the, the bedroom in the front of the 747. And, yeah, a couple of decks is just phenomenal. Uh, but, you know, after this show, one of the other things we didn't mention is that we probably couldn't put 12 people in there because we're definitely, you know, maximum density right now. They, there is free food and free stuff everywhere at this so if you're gonna if you can afford the ticket you're gonna get a full bag of really interesting materials videos that type of thing the new bob hoover uh videos come out we actually got uh, got that video i can't wait to to watch that there but this has actually been been phenomenal here uh you know eric uh hopefully uh when victoria and and uh, Rick and Sean get back on they'll they'll be able to relate a couple things that they saw through our pictures but uh the the interview with uh, was it, uh, Mary uh, Madeline and also uh, James Carville that was phenomenal about politics and also about aviation just absolutely informative and incredibly funny those two just cracked me up what a perfect couple uh, an amazing couple all folks from from myself and Eric Crump here at the National Business Aviation Association 2014 and this special edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. We appreciate your listening, uh, Victoria Nuvel, uh, excuse me, Victoria Zyko and and uh, Sean Moody and Rick Felty. Well, they'll be here with us uh, on the next episode. Again, safe flying, and uh, we can't wait to talk to you next episode. And, and uh, hopefully, you enjoy those uh, interviews and also some more uh, pictures that we put on the internet. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.